12 continue to progressively go deeper in, deeper into the life of David with the consequences of the choice he made to sin against God by his act of taking the wife of Uriah. You see, the Bible says the heart of man is perverse and dubious too. After the fall of man, the heart of man has become perverse. It takes only grace for that heart to function optimally in the purpose of God. And that is why we have no confidence in our hearts. The Bible says no man is good. No man is good. No matter how we try to brandish ourselves, no man is good. Any good you see in yourself is as a result of grace. That grace has visited your heart. And for the Bible to use those two words, perverse and dubious, it's an indication of the level of corruption that has taken place because of sin. And David being a man that we know from the beginning was a man after the heart of God, who loved God so much as a young boy, grew up with that. God anointed him. He had great passion for God. Still, this corruption, he was not spared of it. And see, as we progressively go into the way he went about it, you can see as Nathan came and you know, shared with him a parable, more or less, like a parable of someone who has done something and then who should receive some punishment. Immediately, the perverse heart continued. Let him be killed. Who is innocent? And Nathan said, you are the one. I'm sure at that point, he knew he was caught with his two hands and his two legs. But David exercised a quality that we should all learn from. What is it? He humbled himself. Judgment came. David had discovered something about God. That God cannot withhold a man who is humble and what? Contrite in heart. And David engaged that. Oh God, I know. He accused himself. He accepted his fault. He said, Lord, do with me. If you want to kill me, kill me. But have mercy. And he began to plead. He began to plead. God said, I forgive you. But the judgment will still be exercised on your, in your life and your family. How many times do we write people off? When people commit one type of sin or the other. We used to say that all dogs, you know, eat you know, scraps and all kinds of nonsense. But it's the one that has some stain on its mouth that they will start, you know, flogging. Because you have seen some stains. We are all sinners. We are all sinners. That you don't commit the Ten Commandments doesn't mean you're not a sinner. I've shared with us here severally about the sins of attitude. The spiritual sins of unforgiveness, of wickedness, of corruption that is deep-seated in our hearts. That we, you know, sometimes because it's not sin, we feel we're free. And we can lay judgment upon that person. And Jesus said, do not judge anyone. 
because you have no legal ground to be able to pass sentence on that person. Could you are also guilty of breaking the law in one way or the other. James says, if you break one, if you, if you commit one sin, you have broken all the laws. <laughs> so why another person is breaking one and is guilty of all, you are breaking another and you are also guilty of all. And if we are guilty of all, then we have to learn to be humble. Empty ourselves all the time and come to the Lord in humility. Knowing that even the good you do is because grace was given to you. You don't stand up and begin to brag. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm coming from. And then when you see someone who is doing something negative, you don't conclude and say, ah, this person is, is bad. And you write the person off. Sometimes you may not say it, but your attitude demonstrates it. You are the most holy person. You want to show you are the most good person. Others are bad. It's a very wrong attitude. And unfortunately, this has crept into the Christian faith so much and it's causing a lot of division. People have left the church because of the attitude, the queer attitude of some Christians who th think they are the most holy people. And because of the way we handle those who have broken the law and who have committed, many don't find mercy in the church. They don't find mercy. I shared with you a few days ago about a very popular Nigerian gospel singer who has a scandal right now on his neck, right? And everybody is hammering the man. Even at the point he apologized publicly and still, they were still attacking him. They had to go off Twitter and uh, whatever. But a worldly musician said to him, brother, if the church is at you, come, we will receive you. Don't mind them, they're all hypocrites. Does, make, does that guy make any sense? You see the point? And that guy there leaves the faith and goes to the world, he will go far. The devil knows how to go for the best gifts. So we have to understand that we have to be merciful to ourselves because God is merciful to us. We should never be harsh in our judgment. David was guilty of that also. When your heart is perverse, all kinds of things will begin to come. And so we must look up to God all the time, that he is the source of our strength. Any good that you see in your life, it is not because of you, it is because of God. Paul says, I am the worst of all sinners. I am what I am by the grace of God. It is grace that has brought me thus far. Anything you see that is happening in my life is grace. If grace is withdrawn, I will go back again and become the worst of all sinners. And so when we recognize this, it keeps us humble all the time. Our judgment against someone who has committed any type of sin will be less. Our sense of pride will drop. And then we'll have a more wider view. To understand that humanity is a frail humanity, is a broken humanity, as far as we're concerned. And nobody is immune to the temptations of the devil. Yesterday, the Lord was helping us to illustrate this to the, to the kids, how James described it. He said, it is not God who tempts you, okay? It is the devil who tempts you. How does he tempt you? He tempts you by engaging your lust. And when he has engaged your lust, you conceive that lust. Then he entices you. And when you are enticed, 
then you give birth to sin. And when sin is born, death follows. So he engages your lust. He engages what you desire. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit all the time. To put, on, to put us on a check. We must always cry to the Holy Spirit. Anytime temptation is coming, you need to cry, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me or else I will fail God again and I will fail myself. Very, very important. We must understand the journey we are into. And so we pray at this Mass that as we come to fellowship with the Lord, He will give us, give us the wisdom and the understanding to know that without Him, we can do nothing. But with Him, all things are possible. May God bless us in our hearts through Christ our Lord. Amen.